This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Scott Tanfield from Friends of Home and Emilio Donella. This is our show about the ticket pricing increase for season ticket holders. And we're going to talk about this as long as we need to, guys. We have a lot to talk about in regards to what Fulham have done the other day. And I'm being curious views of both of you. And if you're watching live, please feel free to share your thoughts on this. If you're a season ticket holder, are you going to renew your season tickets? That's the question I'm asking to anyone watching live. Are you going to renew your season tickets? I'm curious. Your thoughts on it. Okay, guys, let's get going. First of all, I want to welcome both my co-hosts to the show. Mr. Tanfield, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's good to be back, Russ. Um, it's been a while. I think other things in life have gotten away of obviously full of late. Um, I was having a message from the other day at Pop On. I thought I'd come on and have a chat about, obviously, uh, this issue with the season tickets. Okay, excellent. Emilio, thank you for coming back on, and I'm curious you, your thoughts on this, but thank you for doing the show with me tonight. No, thank you, Rick. Asking me to come on, I'm good to be back on Scott. It's been a long time since we were last on the show. I, can't, I was actually banging my head when was the last time we did I think we did it with probably Robin Gordon, I think, Scott. Was that the last wow. time you were on the show? That's, yeah. that's a while back. That was last season, I think it was. So, um, yeah, good to be back on the show to talk about a subject that's obviously quite controversial and quite, uh, yeah, quite uh, upsetting a lot of people, shall we say. So, yeah, it'd be good to get our thoughts and everyone else watching tonight, see what they think. But, but yeah, it's, it's a sensitive subject, especially in the current position we're in globally with the cost of living, et cetera, and everyone feeling the pinch. So I think it's more prominent because of that as well. Okay, excellent. All right. Before we get going, as always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other forum supporters find us. And uh, guys, let's get to it. And like I said, I'm going to be looking at the questions. If we have any questions, I'm be sharing some questions with you as we do this show. But Scott, I'll go to you first. I just want to get your gut reaction when you heard the news about the price increase, not only the Riverside stand, we could talk about the Riverside stand, but also for all the stands. If I'm being 
accurate here, roughly about an 18% increase for existing season ticket holders, which in my opinion is pretty steep. It, it's a good amount. So I'm, I'm thinking why have they done that? But I just want to get your opening thoughts when you heard the news. Yeah, I think like most people, I mean, sort of shocked when, when the prices come out. I mean, I know prices of everything's going up lately. I mean, you look at your average shopping bill, utility bills, everything else is going up, you know, around the country. Um, football, well, I think it's slightly different because obviously it's a pastime for people to, to, to go to games, obviously in spare time and, you know, to socialise with people. So it obviously hits the pocket of people. I mean, especially if they're bringing kids and everything else, something out for the day, the game, you know, you, you buy something to drink and eat. It's, it's always an expensive day out. So for the general person that's kind of suffering at the moment, it's become more expensive. Um, so I was quite surprised to see such a hike. Um, I, I mean, I think we'll get onto it, you know, a, a bit deeper as the show goes on, but then obviously we've seen the prices of obviously you know, the Riverside come out as well. And I think a lot of people shocked for, you know, the kind of state that that's in at the moment by not being completed uh, and the money they want for certain sectors around around that stadium or that stand, sorry. And and I just think it's it's caused quite a buzz, isn't it? Um, I mean, some people are sort of saying not going to renew, some are. Um, so it's caused quite a, a topic, isn't it? So look, I'm, I'm looking forward to this evening. I think obviously all three of us have probably got some questions and some, some good conversations to have about this, you know? Absolutely. And Emilio, I'm going to, Go to you. I actually shared the pricing now on my screen. If you're watching live, you can see some of the pricing. And uh, it's pretty, like I said, 18% for me is a lot, my friend. What are your thoughts? What's your opening thoughts on the pricing? I'm not surprised, to be honest with you. I'm not surprised it's that level of increase. I think they've done it similarly in previous seasons when we got promoted. Remember when we were in the championship under Jokanovic, that there was a steep jump from that season into the Premier League. And you know, they're notorious for doing this. I think, you know, to be honest with you, I predicted about 15% right. So it's actually not that far behind. So the fact that I'm surprised, it's it's disappointing to be. I think this one I'm what things coming out of all this is just the lack of engagement between the club and the fans. I think it's just this is something that you know, there's two sides of the cons. The cons have spent a lot of money on transfers, they've pumped a lot of money into the stand. They've, they've obviously trying to get the do the best for the football club. By that I mean the club in terms of its performance on the pitch, not necessarily in terms of the fans. But their lack of engagement with fans is is, is an issue. To be honest, it's, and this is going to literally take precedence now. You know, with, a lot of people are not going to be able to afford that. Junior tickets have gone over the roof. You know, the fact that you know mine's gone up 100. I think it's about 130 quid um, year on year. You know, we'll talk about whether I'll renew in a moment, but. I'm not surprised by that. It's, it's, it, we've seen them doing this, but we must also consider, I'm not saying it's right, but a year ago when we got promoted, the increase from the Championship to the Premier League, the rise was quite low in comparison right. to what I would have expected. I expected last year to be higher than it was. So I'm not saying it makes it right, but I'm just saying, look, you know, looking from a business perspective, last year they enticed us to secure the seats, experience Premier League football. There's probably a bit of hedging their bets there as part of that last year's lowish prices because they weren't knowing whether the club was going to be successful in staying in the Premier League. Now that we're pretty much guaranteed survival, even though there are a few people looking over their shoulders, it doesn't justify a 15 to 20%. It's, it is a bit ridiculous. And I'm just, where I'm getting frustrated is their lack of interaction, listening to the people that count. The, the fans who like myself, Scott, and older people, Val Kalassi, who's been supporting this club for 60 odd years, sits next to me at the ground, you know, Where's the, where's the loyalty there? There is no loyalty. And that's the thing. You know, you, we keep coming, we keep going. And if we don't go, somebody else will. And that, that's basically the bottom line. I think it all goes back about 
making money for the club or for the business, not necessarily for looking after the fans, because that that's a frustrating bit of all this. Not so much the pricing, the fact you don't you're not willing to listen to fans and listen to their side of the story and thank them for all their loyalty for one year or for sixty years, like in Val's situation. That's that's right. what I'm annoyed about. And listen, I know I'm so far away here in America, but. I'm a fan of Fulham Football Club, and I've actually experienced something similar here with the sports team. So I can relate. And uh, this, again, for me, it's about the fans because they're your lifeblood. They're the reason why the cons bought Fulham Football Club. It's the fans. So for me, to do this, I just completely disagree with this huge hike. I, I don't think this is a little hike. I don't think this is just an inflationary kind of hike. I think this is much more than that. But to your point, Emilio, they didn't do it last year. So maybe in their minds, that's what justifies it being 18, in some cases, more than that, 20%. Maybe that's where they're going on this. But for me, it doesn't make it right. I, I just don't see why they would do this. But we're going to talk about why in just a bit. But before we do, I'm going to share some comments because I want to get your thoughts on this. Scott, I'm going to... Get your thoughts on what Dan shared here. I have three season tickets, and if I'm honest, I'm not sure. Love the club and team. Been going for 35 years. It's 200-mile round trip as it is. Don't think the club are looking at the loyal fans. Scott, you're part of Friends of Fulham. I'm sure you're seeing this, and I wonder if the cons understand the backlash they're getting from this. Yeah, I, I, I probably think they do, but do, do they honestly care? Um, and, and my, my honest opinion that is probably no. I mean, you mentioned that word of saying, well, they, they bought the club as a family club. Yes, they probably did, but their main intentions were the position of the club, the area that it was based in. And at the end of the day, it was always going to be a, a money-making spin or a corporate spin for, for the owners. Um, and a further down the line that we've got with the Khans, I mean, anything post sort of Alfie, they've never been interested in the history of the club, the fan base or anything like that. I think there's been a small element of it, but as the further we've gone down the line, the more and more that's disappeared. And I've always said the same. Look, you know, I travel in from Kent, from Maidstone, you know, my, my ticket, you know, I pay for a season ticket, I pay for a train ticket, time that I draw out on the card now, obviously you have something to eat and, you know, a drink or whatever. It's, it's an expensive day. You might pop into a club shop or whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but, you, you go back to when the club was, you know, kind of a family club and it was on its knees and, and fans went to actually, you know, input and, and help the club survive and, you know, the club done the fan favours. That's, that isn't Fulham anymore. Um, and for me, that's been gone for a, for a long, long time. Um, and I've kind of accepted the fact. It's like that kind of X, isn't it? You know, you sort of hold on for a little bit and it kind of disappears as time goes on. And Fulham to me now, they're a football club, they're a business. And I think the mindset of the Khans is always going to be in that way. And, if I'm perfectly honest, I think that that kind of approach will stay and it probably will get a little bit worse as time goes on, unfortunately. That's a great point, Scott. And I'm going to go to Emilio because you and I were talking about this part of the story off air before we went to go do the show, Emilio. It's a business. Mm -hmm. And you told me, and I'm just going to repeat it on the show, that you feel, and I'm sorry I'm speaking for you, you can mm -hmm. tell the audience if I'm wrong, that you feel like you are a number. You're just yeah. a number. And that you can be replaced, meaning that it's strictly a business. To Scott's point, I'm glad that he brought it that way because I understand running it like a business. It is a business. But I think they're now going to go to the next level. 
And they own the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys. And I'm telling you right now, to the fans that don't know this, the cons are making a ton of money off the Jacksonville Jaguars with the revenue sharing in the NFL. They get 132 of the pie. It's an obscene amount of money that they're making off of merchandising, off of so many different things. The cons are making a lot of money. Don't think they're making money because they keep funneling money into foam, but the value of Mr. Khan has gone up. I think we've seen a report on that. I'm sure the value of foam football club has gone up. They are treating this like a business, Emilio. And I'm sorry. I feel you're right. I think you're just a number. Yeah, and I've been, I've been in the club now, well, for over 40, so is it 43 years now, you know, I've been a season ticket for the best part of that time. And yeah, we are a number and Scott's right. You know, look at all the other Premier League clubs. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm being generic here. I'm not, let's put, we'll spoke about Fulham in a minute, but how many of those owners or how many of those clubs are run as family clubs or, you know, Man City, Liverpool, Man United, all their fans are complaining. And these are clubs that are winning trophies and their fans are complaining about their owners. I'm not justifying what these our owners are doing, but it's, it's a common theme. The Premier League is probably the most successful sporting brand in the world as a, as a brand. So and the fact that we're in the top half of the most successful brand in the world says a lot. You know, we've got to thank the owners that we are in the position we are. So let's let's not all let's not right. make it all, all criticism against the cons. You know, they've they've invested a lot of money in the club. They have, but I disagree with this this rate of you know of increase. It's, it's, I think you're you're making a statement of fact, but you know, business is business. I've said it many times on the show. You know, they're not going to worry about whether I can pay seven hundred, eight hundred. Nope. There'll be someone else queuing up behind me who will. And they don't make the money on the pricing of the seats. There's other, it's the merchandise, it's all the all the royalties, all the television. That's where they make the money. They're not going to make their money from selling thirty thousand season tickets at an average of a thousand pounds a game. That's that or a season. Sorry, that's not that's not their money generating bit. That's a loss. That's loss making. And the fact that they're pricing us out just means other people are going to get those seats. But the worry is this season those premium seats in the Riverside. How many of them were sold? I remember the first game against Liverpool. There was all that uproar when they were what hundred pounds each. For the first right. game against Liverpool, didn't sell out, not surprisingly. So, you know, but like I said, my seat is empty or not, they don't care because they're making their money on television rights, Sky TV, yep. all these other places, global TV, merchandise, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. They're trying to attract a different clientele, and that comes with success. So we've got to evaluate do we want the club to be successful? And that comes for the price. Or do you want the club to be as it was 20, 30 years ago when Scott's right, you know, we were at our knees at times where we felt a little bit more valued. We all felt part of the furniture, but then maybe don't have the success that goes with it. So it's a fine balance, right? To, you know, just trying to say sometimes success does come at a price, but it doesn't make it right. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, excellent. Scott, I'm going to go back to you. I'm actually going to share again the pricing and I want to focus on the Riverside stand pricing because I find that, an interesting part of all this. And uh, you and I were talking about your interest before this pricing announcement in the Riverside stand. So let's talk about this pricing because this to me, I'm going to tell you guys, I saw this coming a mile away. I saw this coming years ago. The minute that they had the idea to build this stand, I knew that once the stand was built, the pricing would be crazy. And I'm looking at the pricing right now. For bronze, silver, gold, platinum lower, and platinum upper, Scott, these are expensive pricing. In fact, I've heard on other shows talking about that this might be the most expensive season ticket on earth 
that it has nothing else to go along with that they were actually talking about that on Fulhamish. So what do you let's focus on the Riverside because I think there's more to do it than just the pricing here. I think there's another part of this. I think it shows where they're going on this that it's about the money because that's what the Riverside stand shows me. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you got it through the post, Emilio, the, the nice glossy brochure that shows you a finished Riverside stand that's nowhere near the completed version of what we see when we go to home games. Um, yeah. And I get it. It looks very good um, on completion. I think we've been told that it won't be fully completed until, I think, not until next season or whatever it is. But, I mean, look, I, I sort of looked at those prices. I mean, you've got, obviously, the upper and lower tiers. They've done, um, like, a bronze, silver and gold option. But then, obviously, they've done a platinum sort of upper and lower. Now, I'm looking at that at three grand. And I'm thinking, well, if I want to sit on an upper seat and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a platinum sort of supporter with a padded seat, you know, what, what am I actually getting for that? Um I don't think a lot kind of has been completed behind the scenes because they said that the fit out is is kind of miles behind at the moment. Um, you know, so I don't know what facilities are there at the minute. Um, I don't think the club have been too clear about it, but I mean, Christ, yeah, I mean, for, for three grand, I mean, yeah, you, you're going to want a bit for that. And I don't think that that, that Riverside stand is going to offer it at this moment in time. I, as I said to you off of air, Russ, I mean, my friend yep. has moved to Ireland now, um, so he's probably not renewing next season, but he kept his season ticket open this season. We've been sort of sharing it out or, or whatever it is. And I've got no loyalty to that seat anymore. And I sort of said to myself, look, it's probably a prime opportunity for me to do a season in the Riverside, um, you know, just to kind of see what it's like and, you know, get a feel of it. At least say I've done it. Um, and I was expecting maybe a price of about sort of 1,200 quid as a one-off treat. And I thought, yeah. Okay, that's good, but 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 not at these prices. And that's kind of said to me now that look, I mean, you're taking a pee at this stage. You know, where's this going to go? Obviously, when that is complete, um, you know, where are the prices going to be then? I mean, yeah, it is an extortionate price bracket for very little. When I mean, they say even with those kind of platinum uh, tier things there that you get sort of access on things like tickets and stuff like that. It just doesn't warrant the money, honestly. Right, and I'm going to share this comment from Ben Lawrence, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Scott. Russ Emilio, can you see the new Riverside stand being a sellout with the prices? So, Scott, what do you what do you make of that? Um, I mean, again, we were talking, weren't we? we there's sections that are blocked out, Russ. We don't know what they are during match day. Are they, are they kept closed because they haven't done things behind the scenes on those certain levels and there's only pockets that are opening up? Are they going to open them for corporate events or whatever it is, or special match day tickets? We we don't know. Um, right. Your average Joe fan, I don't think, is going to buy those tickets um, at that price at that stage of the Riverside stand, if I'm, if I'm honest with you. I don't think it's going to sell out, not from your average fan anyway, but will people like Touts or whatever it is maybe well, have a dabble there right. somewhere along the line? Possibly, because I know they can get big money for the big games, desperation, uh, stuff like that. But then that promotes, obviously, the wrong type of fan base. I mean, like I've always said before, I think if you've got laws in within the club, there should be a structure there where if you are moving from the Hammersmith end to have a little bit of luxury that side, there should be at least a a suitable bracket there for the fan that they can invest in, you know? And, and that clearly totally shows that it's not designed for those type of fans, you know? I totally agree. Emilio, I want to go over to you. And you and I talked about this. Listen, we don't know exactly what's going on with those seats, with those blocked off seats that are unavailable in the Riverside stand. But something tells me that there's something on a corporate level that's going on. I could be wrong. Like 
Scott and I were talking about as well. We don't know. They've been very close-lipped on this. But when I see all of these open seats that are blocked off, my first thought came to it's going to be similar to how it is here in the U.S., like it is here at Gillette Stadium, with what we call club seats. Corporations buy the club seats, and they get other amenities that go along with it. So I have a feeling, I could be wrong, that that's a part of this as well. So I'm not against a corporate part of this, but what I am not for is putting that ahead of the average phone supporter because they've given their lifeblood, not the corporations, Amelia. Yeah, and other you know, I look back at all those. Yeah, this has been a common theme. I think you know there was all this stop the greed campaign a few seasons back. This was what 2018, 2019. So it's not the first time we've seen issues by our fans. At the time, I criticised those who were, you know, basically going against the club owners after they've invested so much money in the club to actually go, you know, boycott the games and going with all these banners. I remember there was one game. Did they not sort of? They tried to stop the game or put, you know, around for 55 minutes or something like that. That that was a that was a failure. But now. You look at the situation now. I somewhat sanction appealing to the club and asking the owners to reconsider their options. You know, I would, I will still renew my season ticket, but maybe I'm in a fortuitous position where I can do that. But many people can't. So, you know, so I just the, the principle here. It's not, it's not, not good to be honest with you. But those, those, those premium seats, they're not going to make the money with me or Scott buying them for three thousand pounds. You know, it's the other. It's the corporates are going to come and grab those seats. You know, they're going to spend thousands, tens of thousands. They'll buy the meals, the champagne. You name it, it'll be, you know, it's all about creating the brand and the identity. It's all about Fulham Football Club. And I think you made the point off air at Russ, which, you know, we'll probably cover off about, you know, are the Khans looking to maybe sell the club? They're trying to create more interest, make it more of a successful brand. You know, we've been associated as being a yo-yo club in the last, you know, under their tenure. Uh, So now that we've almost guaranteed survival in the Premier League, now that they feel they're in a position where they can push up, make the club more successful, attract new investment, new players, New sponsorship, all of that. It's just a, it's just a, you know, it's a revolving cycle of activities. At the end of the day, it's all about a business, and whether right. the fans turn up or not, they're not going to make their money, lose their money if the seat's empty or not. The money is from the other factors we've talked about. So they don't, they don't really give a, a flying f when it comes to fans because they've actually got other means of generating income. So, uh, so yeah, overall, it's it's frustrating, you know, because there's a lot of fans out there who, Scott's point make a day of it so you got a mother a father and two children and you're looking at what 300 pounds a game to turn up and then you go with the food the, the merchandise all that's an expensive day out per game yeah because you said that as well you were saying about obviously the value of it as as well yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've noticed as well is i mean i'm, I'm in the hammersmith ends in h7 i mean it was reasonably priced last year really i mean I, probably about an increase of 100 st pound i think on top of that but, I mean, they've made no... I mean, since obviously that Riverside has been done, I mean, obviously, we've lost a section at the back of that Hammersmith end, so everything's become tight and compact there with the new um, terraces... Uh, sorry, the new turnstiles that have gone and everything else. Um, you know, and for an additional, what is it, 100 not for the year, I mean, none of the facilities behind there have, have had any kind of like, upgrades made to them. I mean, them toilets are horrific. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a few of us that stand there, come down and get a drink at half-time. We're literally squashed up against yeah, actually really big workers. And that concourse is is completely unworkable for for, for for that level of football. And my question to the Khans is that football is not just about a section of fans. It's, it's yeah. about everyone. Exactly. Um, and I think for their money, people should at least be getting, you know, a slightly higher or a, a more safer type of facility when they're paying for a ticket. And if they're not prepared to do that, then you know exactly where their, their, their mindset's going, personally. So... 
Yeah. Amelia, I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm, I wanted to talk about this. Why have they not really improved the other parts of Craven Cottage? I've heard this argument from other supporters. You're there. Why do you think that they focus so much on the Riverside stand and not as much on the other parts of Craven Cottage? Yeah, there's where I stand because it's a listed per building. So the whole seating and the infrastructure, that's a different ball game. You end up into sort of, you know, listed buildings, more restrictions, but the ser the service areas only need upgrading. You know, where Scott's talking about, where I sit, you know, below where I sit, you know, there's, there's very limited space to buy your drinks. It's a, sometimes it's a health hazard, people standing on the steps when it should all be kept safe. So I don't mm -hmm. think the stewards are very doing their jobs effectively because it can be quite dangerous. I see a lot of people struggling to walk up and down the stairs. So Scott's right, as a successful club, the services should improve rather than just the actual pitch itself and the success on the, on the ground. You know, look at all the other factors, but, you know, the We've had to take what the Riverside stand's been out of service what three or four seasons now. By the time it's going to be fully open, so yep. you know if you've got to start upgrading other services and other parts of the ground, then that's going to create even further restrictions. So I won't be surprised if once the Riverside stand is locked, locked down and completed, they'll start investing other areas as well. But if you try to do that simultaneously, so. if you then have a stadium which has you know limited fan base, to be honest with you. So I'm not defending it. But I'm just saying, you know, you, we can't do all the renovations in one go. They have to be done in a planned, organised way. But the stand I sit in, for example, is is listed, so those seats are going. There's going to be a, there's going to be significant, uh, how do you say, appe you know, appeals to the council to get the authority to actually upgrade. But the other services, definitely next season, they need to be considered because I think they're a health hazard. To be honest with you, the, the toilet facilities are appalling. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, guys, coming up next, we're going to talk about why we think. Form Football Club decided to do this. And to end the show, I want to get both of my co-host thoughts. Is this an indicator that they're going to spend big this summer? I'm curious their thoughts on that as well. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, guys, let's get to it. And let's go to the question that I'm very curious your thoughts on. I've given this a lot of thought. Why have they done this? And I've heard the argument over the years since the con bought Fulham Football Club that they wanted to be sustainable. Is that a reason why they're doing this? Is it a reason to get the value up on, on Fulham Football Club? As I mentioned, I'm not saying that they're going to sell, but the value of Fulham Football Club will increase once the Riverside stand is open. It also will increase with higher ticket pricing. That helps it as well. There are a lot of factors here. Not saying that's what they're why they're doing it. Or could it be, I'm throwing it out there. Do the cons want to win? Meaning, are they doing this, guys, because they actually want to compete with the Arsenals, with the Liverpools, 
and they feel that they need to do this to compete with the top six. I know many are going to say that's ridiculous. I'm saying, do you think they think this is the way to do it? So, Scott, I'll go to you first. Why do you think they're doing this? For for the simple reason what you've said, Russ. Um, It's plain and simple. They want to compete. Um, I mean, we, you know, as much as we don't like it, we've we've all lived in this kind of... um, kind of time where Fulham, you know, this this kind of small little friendly family club around Fulham. And there's always been an argument in the fan base, isn't there, where we, we need to we need to lose that we need to lose that kind of name if we, we want to really start start competing with the big boys. Uh, we need to come away from being a little old Fulham round by the cottage. We need to be, you know, in a in a good stadium and, you know, we need to be competing with decent players. And I think the Khans, as as much as they've got things wrong, and I will defend them here slightly. You know, they are starting to learn in the game, not yes. just on the pitch, but 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 off the pitch. And you know, I think this has happened. You know, as as part of that, as part of the club growing. I mean, I had um, a sort of a laugh and joke with my friend um, a while back, and said, "Look." I said, eventually, I said, I, I do feel that you're probably going to have three sides of this stadium done. And if they can push to do the Johnny Haynes stand, they, they will do. And you'll have a complete stadium there. That won't just be, you know, entertaining football. You'll have a pier outside. You'll get people coming down on boats from Kent to watch venues there. You're going to have, you know, wrestlers abseiling off the roof and everything else. And I got laughed at. But as time has gone on, he came to me and said, look, you know, I, I can probably see that this is the direction that the Khans are going in. And, and, and realistically, Fulham as a football club, and we all know this, is not going to survive just as Fulham Football Club on its own. You know, we're going to need other revenue streams. We're going to need other yep. purposes like other clubs do, like your Tottenham's, like your Arsenal's. Um, you know, I've been to Bryant's new stadium and that is a kind of a workforce that operates 24-7, you know, not just on match day. Um, so there's revenues coming from 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 every strand of right. that thing. And, you know, the Khans, when you look at it, with the amount of money that they pumped into the club, yes, they're at probably a, a very, very big net loss, but they're making money in other areas. But they're not going to continue running a business venture like that. It's just not plausible. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to want us a, a decent, you know, whatever else goes on in this world these days with businesses and acquisitions, whatever. It's full of them are going to need to be at a certain level before even if they do sell to say, you know, there you go. There's, there's a nice corporate package for you, all, all done and built. And, and probably that's where they're going to want to be. So, you know, it's part and parcel of that, Russ. And I agree with that, Scott. Emilio, I want to get your thoughts on this because you and I were talking about this. Fulham can't compete against Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal with the amount of capacity they have in at Craven Cottage. They can't, right? So they have to find other revenue streams. A big part of that is this yep. new Riverside stand. Like, to Scott's point, what Brighton are doing, they are figuring ways for new revenue streams. The cons are trying to do that, but I think the reason why the cons are doing this, Emilio, is because they ultimately want to win. They just don't want to be there. They want to compete. I'm not saying that I like the fact that they're increasing the ticket prices because I don't. I don't think it's fair for what they've done here, but I think the reason is ultimately they want to compete for the top six and maybe beyond that. Their goals are higher than maybe we have as supporters. They want to compete, Emilio. That's what I ultimately think all this is about. This is a small part of it. Yeah, and if you look about it, look, they, these guys have persevered. You know, they've had, what, three relegations in under their stewardship. We've got promoted as, as many times. So, look, the, they're, I, th- I think they're, I've always said I think they're in it for the long haul. You know, at the end of the day, so far they've, they've you know, there'll come a point where they may decide to move away. But 
cost of land has gone up in the UK. The cost in Southwest London is is hit, you know, has gone over the roof for the last few years post COVID. At the end of the day, there's a money side of it, but at the end of the day, they, they're in it also. They want, they do want the club to be successful. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. You know, we could have other owners, and we'll end up complaining that the owners aren't doing enough for the club. Put aside the ticket prices for a moment. If there's any fans who think that we don't, the Khan don't want to be successful, need to think again. I think they've they've tried their their best. And Scott's right; they learned from their mistakes. We've, we've touched wood, we're surviving this season. Hopefully, we can build on that. You know, I always say. We should be aspiring to be like Brighton. I've been to the Amex many times myself. Great facilities. They they obviously look after their fans. The owner, the owners there are very more engaged. I think that's the thing. I'd like to see the cars just a little bit more engaged with our fans, listening to us, doing more events with the fans in the community. I don't see them doing enough of that. And if they want to build respect amongst loyal fans and even trying to identify new fans, but then the days right. like me and Scott, you know, the come a point that we won't be on this planet. Who's the next generation of fans that are going to come and follow right. the club? So. It's a it's it's an evolving cycle of events here. The size, as far as I'm concerned, the club, the owners do want to be successful. You know, we're I think we're restricted how far we can go at the moment. The fact that it was mid table says a lot about how well the club have been managed this season and to get to where we are. And you know, the fact that Liverpool, the other, you know, there's the top six, we can't even go nowhere near them. You know, but we're in that sort of middle Brighton, Brentford, Crystal right. Palace ourselves. We're in that sort of next tier of clubs. And if we can continue to to evolve and stay in that mid table eighth place season in season out get a cup run here and there you know that's you know for a couple of stature for them that's a that's a very good outcome right but we need the owners who are going to commit to the long term build the facilities of the club which they're doing hopefully we'll see some new investment in place next season and we can push on but in the day money doesn't grow on trees you know put yourself in their shoes i've said it all time time. money doesn't grow on trees and you know i'd rather have owners who are investing money in this club and keeping the club afloat and able to compete at the highest level, then maybe playing in a lower league, paying cheaper prices, and maybe not getting the level of quality and talent. You know, so it's, it all depends what a fan wants. I think if we, we can't have it all, unfortunately. And if I want to see success on the in the at the club, I want it to compete for trophies. I want it to push right. up the table. If it means I have to find a way to pay more for for that privilege, then that's the only decision only I can make. It's, that's the bottom line, of course. That's that's, that's life, unfortunately. That's life wherever you go. That's a great point. I just want to mention this. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. And again, I just want to invite Shahi Khan, Alistair McIntosh, Tony Khan, anyone at Foam Football Club, if you want to come on and discuss your decision here, please feel free to contact me. I would love to have you on Cottage Talk to talk to us who are fans and get to the fans why you have decided to do this. If you don't want to come on Cottage Talk, there are other podcasts you can come on as well. I would like to get a response from you, and I'm giving you the avenue to do it. This is my invitation to Shahi Khan and Tony Khan, if you, and of course, Alistair McIntosh. If you want to come on Cottage Talk, let me know. Okay. So, Emilio, that's going to go back to my thoughts on where I think this is all headed. I could be wrong on this, because I think they're ambitious. I Slightly disagree with you. I understand where you think we can be. We can be between 12 and 8. I can understand where you're going on that. I think the ambitions of the cons are more lofty than that. I could be wrong. It's just how I feel that they are looking at this. They've invested a lot of money. So I think they are going to go all in. So that's going to lead me now to talk to you guys about this. About the summer. I could be wrong. And I understand about FFP. I get all that. Scott, I'll go to you first. 
So I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think the price increase is an indicator that phone plan on spending big this summer? I hope it is. Um, it's, it's always a touchy subject, isn't it? Of what we can, what we can't spend. I mean, I don't know if you've just read those two articles from um, Cottage Analytics. I saw it. Um, I've put it on the forum as well, so you can go on there and, and have a read. It's part one and part two. And he gives a very, very detailed description of, obviously, the financial fair play issues that we've had and what we might be facing, obviously, for the following season. So I, I would recommend people jump on and have a, have a read of that because it's very sort of um, it's very depth and very, very good. Um, I mean, we've, as a club, and, and I think as all fans know this, second season syndrome's coming. Um, right. And it's really the most important one out of the first season surviving because you get picks apart for all your best players and you've got to replace, but you've got to add quality in certain areas. Like we're going through a bit of a lull now where Marco's pushed that team and the championship players are just not up to it. And he's probably now having a look at whereabouts. It is. So there is going to be a level of investment for next season. Um, but again, you know, are we restricted to that via financial fair play and, and, and other bits and pieces? That I, that I don't really know, Russ. I mean, okay. I would say that a proportion of probably these price hikes are to do with, I think, obviously... A, getting other revenue through the door, but I think it's also backfilling what we've missed out on on things like COVID, you know, and previous seasons okay. where they pump money in and we, we, we've come at a loss. And at some stage, the, the club has to, to level, you know, regardless of whatever they pump in money-wise, I think you can always advertise salaries and, 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 and prices over certain seasons or whatever it is, but it has to be a level balance there where I think they have to get the losses up to a certain level where it's not as extortionate as it has been. And I think... This is just fine-tuning us and what we've been we've been talking about of where Premier League clubs are now. Um, and I think prices, the more successful we become, as Mia said, the more expensive we are going to be as a franchise, as a brand to watch. And, you know, people are going to be expected to pay that money. I mean, I'm noticing it again this season. I don't know if you are, Mido, that there's a lot more tourists around me. Um, they're all there with their cameras turning around, everything but the <laughs> game or whatever. And these guys have paid 70-odd quid a ticket. There was that guy that bought the ticket, I think, in the Johnny A stand that paid 78 quid and he was stuck right in front of a post, wasn't he? That he put it all over thing. So people are prepared to pay this type of money. And I think right. the farms are aware of that. The more successful the brand is, you know, as the saying goes, you build it, we will come. And I think right. exactly that is why, obviously, we're seeing these price increases. And like I said, hopefully that at this stage, you know, we've, we've learned from our lessons. We, you know, we we do stick for a bit in the Premier League and, and the brand of Fulham does, start, does keep growing because as a fan, yes, Feel like a moan, but I would like to see us competing at those sort of levels again, you know. Very good. All right, Amelia, I want to get your thoughts on what Scott shared. Mm. He's going down the road that this could just be fine-tuning, and maybe I'm jumping the gun to the this could be an indicator that maybe Fulham are gonna go big. But to Scott's point, FFP is a part of this. However, and I'll just say, however, I'm just looking at this as Scott just said, second season syndrome. Mm -hmm. Do they go above and beyond? even with FFP issues to ensure not just their safety, but they're heading in the right direction. Do they go against the analytics, the situation with FFP and spend big because they need to upgrade this squad? I think they probably need 11 or 12 players. I'm, I'm just looking at that way. So are they going to be, as Scott said, I agree with what Scott said. They have learned from their mistakes. So maybe spending big would be going back to an old mistake. But I think if you did it right, it wouldn't be a mistake, meaning if you spent your money wisely, but you spent it 
on several players. Spent big, but not like you did in 2018. I don't know. Yeah, and I think before we touch that point, the other thing is well, the thing that's worth noting is I'm not saying it's right. Is it more effective and more productive for the season tickets not to be renewed because you can actually get more per seat <laughs> from tour to Scott's point? I'm seeing a lot of tourists where where I sit. A lot of people, you know, we've got our own little niche of, of people who've been there year in year out, but there are a lot of faces that keep popping up that I don't see. So non-season ticket seats, typically they're always sold. But you know, my average ticket will be forty pounds next season per home game. That ticket can be sold independently for 80, probably eighty pounds now once a season. So, so again, you could get double the price if people turn up game by game as opposed to be buying in advance. So I'm just saying there's also another perspective here that hasn't been covered. So it's are they trying to attract more non-loyal fans because you can get more money per seat? But then I think Neil Townsend made a point, and I've said it on the show: ticket sales is a small amount with the overall income. Their, their revenue generating source is not from my seat; it's from all the other things that we've talked about. As far as next season's concerned, you know, we do need to invest. We do need to upgrade. I think we've hit the same problem we had last season where some of these players have punched above their weight. They look fatigued, look tired. You know, last season, March out to the end of the season, we're inconsistent. We've seen the same pattern again. So these players, you know, I congratulate them for getting us to where we are now. But we are slipping down that table, not surprising. And, you know, we do need to upgrade. So we're going to need some decent signings probably experienced professionals as well and then we can start to build youth um, but at the same time we also need to create experience if we want to start sustain premiership survival year in year out right and push on to your point right you know i'm happy you know to get mid-table you know at any point in season we can push on from that even even happier but with that you need to you need to have a successful model like brighton have got where they, they find players on the cheap and you know they mold them into the team and become very successful but Trying to compete with the likes of Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, who are spending hundreds of millions of pounds every single year with hundreds of million pound wages. We can't compete with that. So the fact that Brighton are where they are is commendable. But the club need to dip their hands into their pockets because Scott's right. The next season, I think, is going to be more difficult than this year. I agree with Scott yeah, and yeah. I agree with you. I think it's going to be much harder. So, much harder next year. Absolutely. So, Scott. Where I want to go on, on this because obviously the supporters are upset, and I don't blame them because uh, I just think the amount of the increase is massive. If it was say for like cost of what we would say over here, inflation, I could deal with this. I think eighteen per twenty percent is just way too high. Here's the thing that I learned here in America with the team I followed, the New England Patriots. They built a, a new stadium, Scott, and the ticket prices went double. They doubled season ticket prices. They literally doubled it. And at the time, there was this uproar similar to this. However, what ended up happening is is what I'm about to ask you. What happens if Fulham start winning and end up being a top 10 side once again? Can the cons justify this by saying, well, we're winning and the fans will be okay with it because we're winning? Is winning the elixir that they're looking for, the cons, will that blow over the fans being upset about the ticket prices? Will they deal with it better if Fulham start winning consistently? I think it's that you kind of get that scenario where if you are winning all the time or you are winning more regularly, then people are going to pay to see a winning side. 
But I think as what Neil was saying there, that ticket prices aren't always a mainstream revenue. But if you're do, if you're successful, you're going to get bigger sponsorships. You're going to get pe- bigger, you know, right. bigger players wanting to come to the club, and they'll attract you know bigger sort of fan bases and stuff like that. So it all goes hand in hand, really. I mean, I think I think the biggest problem that we got is that because obviously, see, I mean, how long have the Khan's been in now? Is it is it coming up ten years ish or something like that? Is it? It's coming up it on ten years. Um, and we've had a lot more failure than we have had success. So, I mean, obviously, I think based on that, I mean, when, when you look at it, there, isn't, there hasn't been that much success based on, obviously, you know, the failures that we have been through from when I took the club over. So, I think eventually fans will get used to it. You know, inflation in this country will level out and, you know, things will improve, I think, slightly for, for, for the average living, you know, cost of living per, per person eventually. Right. And, and prices may level itself out. And I think people will get over it. I mean, but it's always a shock when things go up. Um, especially in stuff that you enjoy, because we all use football as, I think, you know, an escape from reality of working or, or, or kind of life in general. We, we like that 90 minutes just to, to, to get out of the way of everything. And when you're paying through the nose for it, um, it all does become a bit of a shock. Um, but we'll always see prices go up in football, Russ. I mean, the, the more successful this club becomes or the more successful they do become, the more things are going to cost. And that's just unfortunately life, isn't it? Um, you know, we're never going to get away from it. And we've, we've discussed at the Khan's, are a slightly different owner for what we've been used to in the past. The businessman, um, the successful yeah. businessman, um, and unfortunately that will come at a cost. So I don't think it's the last we'll see of it, and I think there will be you know more of this to come in the future. So, all right, Emilio, I completely agree with Scott, and I've seen this. This is to me just the tip of the iceberg, the beginning. I think you're going to see higher prices moving forward. As long as Fulham are successful, I think it's going to keep going up, and. We could argue, like I said, with winning, does that now breed higher pricing? I actually think it does. But it kind of goes together. I mean, if you start winning, you're going to get more corporate sponsors, as you said. I think this all comes down to why the cons are doing this. Whether you agree with it or not, they want to win. This is about winning. But if we win, the pricing is going to continue to go up, Amelia. Yeah, and again, you know, I want to you know, take a comparison to our local neighbours who are struggling at the moment. We're above them in the table, Chelsea fans. Thank you, thank you very much. But you're kind of it. Uh, you, know, the, you know, the previous owner, how much money did Abramish pump into the club? Chelsea? He was making loss year after year after year. But what did he want to see? He wanted to see silverware. He wanted to see success. That's all. That's what he wanted. He, wanted to, he didn't care how much money he was losing at the club. He didn't necessarily care about the fans. He just wanted to lift that Champions League trophy, which he ultimately did. And the cars are probably just as ambitious. You know, these guys exactly. are very That's wealthy. my point, Emilio. That's these guys my point. are very, very wealthy. You know, they're going to struggle. You know, we've only got a 30,000-seater stadium. And, you know, so that's always going to be a limitation. Someone, I think, made a point, do we need to move grounds? I don't think there's ever a desire to leave. Fulham will always be in Fulham. I don't think we will be able to attract much bigger fan base that comes in week in, week out. But the club, to be successful, we need a sponsorship. We need other revenue streams. We need television rights. We need Premier League survival. Then you'll get the attract, attract the right players. You can attract more quality. You can be even more competitive, sustain Premier League survival. We did, what, 13, 14 years? We are in the Premier League before we got relegated. So, look, we proved we can do that with sort of steady investment without breaking the bank. These guys are going down the other avenue completely, spending, you know, they have spent millions and billions to be over there. Let's see, someone wants to do a count. How much money have they spent this club? Hundreds of millions of pounds. Not always successfully, but... The desire was always there. And you're right, you know, Scott, that, you know, come a point, and this is just, a, like I said, it is a tip of the iceberg. Merchandise will go up. But the point I made earlier, if you want to be successful, that comes at a price. So I don't know, there's a question to everyone. Do you want the club to be successful and pay a premium? 
or would you rather languish, be struggling for relegation year in, year out, up and down like a yo-yo, and potentially go down into second and third tiers? How many clubs have got relegated in the second and third tiers when they're previously Premier League? So things can change very quickly. That's what I'm saying. Let's enjoy it while we can. It may come with a, at a premium, but you know, I think, do we want success or do we want failure? Sometimes they do go hand in hand, unfortunately. Okay. I'm going to share this from our friend, Emilio Steve Reynolds. As a tourist, if we sold Xiao, would we expect that money to be invested into the team? Emilio, I would expect it. I yeah, would totally maybe. expect it because, again, they want to win. I don't think they're going to sell Xiao Polina. I've seen a comment here that telling me that they could potentially, our friend Wayne Walden, he says, watch this space. Xiao Polina will be gone in the summer. Mm-hmm. Wayne, I hope you're wrong on that. Yeah. But, again, the point is, do you expect them to invest? I expect them to invest, Emilio. To Scott's point, I'm not sure about FFP. I just know that they want to move this team mm-hmm. forward and they need to invest in the club. Yeah, and I think, look, you know, if someone, if Liverpool or another club come in with a, a massive bid for Paulinho, you know, we'll do our best to push back on that. But it'll come a point when, when do we, when does it come appropriate to say, to say no? If you get 50, 60 million for him, you know, I, I think a club like ourselves, I think you've got no choice. You probably end up taking that. And then you know, you're going to struggle to be able to, to resist the temptation to sell at that price, to be honest with you. We know we've been shafted by Liverpool and other clubs in recent years because we've been, t- up, you know, topsy-turvy up and down to think, you know, the other clubs could think they can get plays on the cheap. But if we can now sustain in Premier League survival, Liverpool and other clubs will find it a challenge to play cheap for someone like the likes of Paulinho. They want him, they've got to pay up. And to be honest with you, it'll be difficult to resist the temptation to accept a bid of anything in excess of 50 million, however good he is. I think we would have to take that, the club that we are, and then you invest that in other players and try to build and replace. But he's been indispensable this season. Uh, but, you know, again, it goes back, can we compete with Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City? If they're going to throw big bucks, you sometimes have to think of business-wise and take it. Okay. Problem, and this is from our friend Chris Goodwin, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter. And Chris... <laughs> Of course, you're going to say that Zhao Pulling playing midfield, right? Yes, Chris. Of course, I know you want Zhao Pulling. I get that. Whatever. Anyways, uh, I do want to share this comment. This is from our friend Coleman. Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this because I've thought about this and I don't know how you view this. How long before Shahid stops turning dead into shares? And it's a valid point. How much money is he willing to invest in the foam football club? This is why I just put it out there. I'm not saying he's doing it, but the value of Fulham Football Club continues to grow. When does it get to the point where he considers selling? I don't think he's going to. I think he wants to win. But it's valid to bring this up, Scott. I mean, it's like anything. As I said before, football is a business. Um, Not a lot of owners do make a profit. Um, But on a general whole, I think there are ways of moving money about, turning bits into shares and, and, and levelling things up where you can kind of hide that debt or move it around or, or bolt it against other things. Um, I think all the time that he knows that Fulham Football Club are going to be successful or there's a limit that we can reach before he gets to that stage where we're a kind of a sellable asset, yep. I think he's always going to keep doing that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he's not going to go on forever. No one does. Nothing does. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, he's going to want Fulham to be at, you know, it's peak and it's most sellable and it's most profit. Um, and, and to make Fulham football that club, he's going to have to keep turning that debt into shares, isn't he? Or, or exactly. 
as they put it. And you know, when you come to sell it, it's, it's going to kind of be sort of slightly debt free, isn't it? Really. Um, yep. So I think he's going to keep doing it all the time. He has interest in the club. Um, how he does it, what he does, is none of our business. It's his accountant that deals with that, not us. Um, but I think you'll find that he'll keep doing that to a point. Um, when he stops doing it, I think that's when we've got to. <laughs> worrying to be honest with you so totally agree scott let me ask both of you this to end the show i w- want to get your thoughts on this because i was talking to emilio a friend of ours steve reynolds and i floated out how much do you think fulham is worth right now scott how much do you think it's worth right now i believe shaheed bought it i want to say for 300 million am i correct how much do you think it's worth now um, it's difficult to say about that Riverside complete, isn't it? Um, I mean, because I mean, what, what's he? He's bought the BBC land across the way from Motspur, so he's yeah. got that. I mean, obviously, we, we've grown with inflation over the years, and I mean, what, what did the Riverside cost us in the end to build? Was it hundred and something million or whatever? Yep. I mean, what are we worth? It's, it's really difficult to to put a price on us, but. Football just seems to go up and up and up, doesn't it? I mean, what what we worth half a billion ish now? I would have thought something like in that region, maybe. I would have okay. thought. Okay, I think higher, Emilio. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's probably pushing a bit. You know, you know, right up nine hundred, you know, billion, nearly a billion. I think it's in excess of that. You've got to think now, Premier League. That comes. There's a price just being in the Premier League. You've got assets that are playing week in week out. You've got a land that costs small fortune you know all of that put together it's probably pushing you know eight to nine hundred million at least in my opinion if not more do you think sorry i mean do you, i mean obviously with the lack of success we have would you say we're at that stage yet or do you think we need a couple more scenes i mean I, I would say that we probably need a couple more scenes of success in that division before we can start saying right. we're around about that kind of billion pound mark personally that's just my my opinion you know, I, I probably think it's probably now, to be honest with you. I think it's it's at this level now. And I think the key thing is, is we've got the foundation there. You know, we've got the location. Yeah. We've got the stands. That's kind of where I'm going on this. You know, you the think stand about all, is an all asset. Component. You know, look yes. at what we're, you yeah, know, sure all of that combined. The attraction, the tourists we've mentioned in, many tourists coming to watch as well. They, you know, we're, we're an e- a, a easy place to go and watch a play. You, want to, you know, tourists comes in for the weekend, wants to go and watch a football club. They'll typically always find Fulham tickets available, hence the reason why if I don't buy my seat, a tourist will, to be honest with you. So it, that's the thing. So I think it's got the foundations there. And you, we've got to thank the owners that they've put us in a position where we, we are a financially viable club. They're investing millions year in, year out. You know, yes, they, we may not like what they're doing with the pricing of season tickets, but they're keeping this club afloat. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. I think I've, you know, just be grateful the fact we've got owners who care about the club. But it goes back to what I've said. There comes that comes at a premium, unfortunately. And sometimes true loyal fans are, you know, are not are not considered. Right. And I'm just gonna share this. And again, thank you, Claire Green, for sharing this comment. Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm not happy with a hundred pound rise in Hammersmith and with appalling facilities that we already talked about. That this to mm-hmm. me is what actually upsets me. If you're going to increase the pricing, you better increase how the facilities are looking and how effective they are that it to me i agree with claire on this uh scott your thoughts yeah 100 like we we talked about it at the beginning of the show um 
you know, the the Hammersmith, the Putney ends, whatever it is, and obviously, I mean, I said about the Johnny H, you've got restrictions there anyway. But, I mean, we've languished in, um, obviously, facilities that have not been capable for that level of football for a while. I mean, you, you're still looking at sort of the old second, third division type tier, mm-hmm. you know, even with the temporary stands there that, that, that facilitated for that back in the day. Um you know, we've never really done any kind of physical work from that, apart from repadding the toilets or maybe put a few toilet row holders up here and there or whatever. But we've never kind of done any kind of major upgrades there. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do in the summer. They may surprise us and do some kind of upgrades. There. But as I said to you, as the club's moved on, we've become more, you know, more, more desirable, uh, more traffic, and especially with that Riverside end down, you know, the bottom there where they've nicked a bit. That's put the turnstiles in, and that becomes clogged up because of that. People are pushing back onto the concourse. Right. And as I said, you know, coming down for a beer at halftime is actually dangerous. It should be part of your game. It's a nice experience to go and grab a beer, Crazy. talk about how rubbish the game's been, how crap Robinson's been for that game or whatever it is, blah, 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 and stand here and not get nudged in the face and put beer all over you and be shoved up against the bin. That's my biggest problem with it down there and obviously with the facilities yep. as well in regards to the toilets. And I, and I get that. If money goes up, you are going to expect more for your money. Right. Um, exactly, Scott. That's my point. So, I'm with Claire 100% on this. This I, is the I, part I, that upsets I, me. I do get that. Uh, but unfortunately, we are where we are. I think we've banged that drum so many times um, and fans have not been listened to over that. Um, but it all yep. seems to be, you know, designated on, on that Riverside stand at the moment. So, Yep. And here's a good comment from Claire. Premier League on the pitch, non-league behind the stand. No. And, and I agree with that. I went non-league on Monday when I watched Chatham v. Ramsgate. <laughs> um, it was top of the for the Ishman South um, <laughs> title. And they've got better facilities than us here. And I'm, and I'm not kidding you. Um, toilets. Or whatever. Um, I mean, I know I only turn half thousand in there, but what I'm saying to you is that the toilets are on another level, and that is the Ishman South yep. compared to the Premier League. So there you go. Okay, good stuff, guys. Great show. I think we tackled a lot in this show. I want to go to final thoughts to wrap this up. First, Emilio, final thoughts on the show and also on our topics tonight. No, it's been a good show. Look, I think we're all aligned here. I think we're all very disappointed at the, the price uh, price increases. I agree with Claire, you know, at the end of the day. But, you know, hard, ruthless as it may sound, it is what it is, right? It's, you know, we've got, we each have the choice to stay or not go to games. You know, then that, only you, Claire, can make that. Only I can make that. Only Scott can make that. So, ultimately, we have to look at our circumstances. We look at our values, our morals, and whether we want to renew or not. I will renew. But it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with the price hikes. You know, maybe right. I'm in a fortuitous position that I can afford to renew. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way, but personal circumstances will dictate whether you you're in a position where you can renew or not. And other people, a lot of people I know close to my close to my heart who won't be able to renew for financial reasons. So look, it's it's a difficult situation. You know, I'll still follow the club where I can, but you know, I just want the owners to do more for the for the fans, listen to the fans, engage more with the fans, collaborate with us. And that, you know, they are valuing the club, but the people that stand behind this club week in, week out for many years, they're the one. I think we all feel like a bit of a kick in the teeth sometimes. So hopefully friends of Fulham, Fulhamish, you know, all the different forums of Fulham Football Club and fans go out there, campaign to our to our owners and see if they can either come on the show or listen to us more extensively, because sometimes it just feels that we're not, our, you know, our values are not considered. But, but how many people who... Are complaining will end up going to the game and renew and probably many many people will do that's a, that's that's unfortunately the, the truth that is the truth emilio mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. scott before i go to your final thoughts i'm glad that emilio took us there because i'm thinking obviously i'm far away and uh, i don't get a chance to go to craven cottage but i talked to a lot of Fulham supporters 
And this thing really hit me because I've been affected by other ticket increases and how much money has been spent <clears throat> on a brand new stadium and how much it costs to park a car at Gillette Stadium, $50 to park a car, which is insane. All the things that they've done with the idea that, well, they win, so it's okay. You're going to pay it. And I think the cons have taken that same attitude. Well, we're in the Premier League. You're going to pay it. And I understand it's a business. I understand if you're going to get other revenue streams. I'm all for it. I'm all for the corporate part of this. If it helps upgrade the quality of not just Craven Cottage, but also the quality on the pitch. But you cannot forget the people that got you to Fulham Football Club, the supporters. The supporters got Fulham to where they are. And I just think that they need to consider them more than they are. And I think this ticket increase is not given enough consideration to that. No, I think you're right. Um, look, I mean, price increases happen. Um, I think you're right in, in the fact that there hasn't been enough consultation with the fans over, you know, what these prices are for, what they mean, or, you know, I mean, they're not in their rights to do that. But I think obviously if, you, if you're going to be more engaging with your fans, I think you kind of explain it a little bit better than maybe than what they have done. I don't know. Um, look, coming back to, you know, the conversation with me I said about sort of renewing. Yeah, um, I'll be renewing. It's a hundred quid more. Um, I was laughing a little bit earlier on because the amount of times I've threatened not to renew because I'm peed off the Martin Yole or this and that or whatever. But I've always <laughs> renewed my season ticket. It's it's always been one of those those things, Russ. But um, you know, the hundred pound increase for me, you know, it's it's is it affordable, isn't it? I mean, time you spread it over the season, yeah, it probably is for the average person. But you've got kids, and it's always a little bit more. Um, expensive, but for me, football is not just about the game, it's about going, spending time with friends, and whatever. So that's right. what really appeals to me. And obviously, if I'm watching, you know, Tottenham, West Ham, you know, the Liverpool games and United, it's, it's always going to be more of an attraction for me. And you know, but I will, and as I said, I will renew in the Hammersmith end. I won't do what I was going to do and have that season in, in the, the Riverside because I just think at this moment in time. It's not attractive enough for the prices that they're offering. Um, I mean, they've sent me a glossy brochure in the post, I think, today. Um, and I've read it. And I mean, that looks complete to me. But if you go and stand around the back and have a look at it, you've got tarpauling and all sorts hanging off of it. And you ain't going to get that for your three grand, are you? Um, so, no. But as a standard season ticket, yeah, I will renew. And, you know, we, we carry on. So Okay. Excellent stuff. Great show. I want to thank my co-host, Emilio Donnell. The Foam Shadow and Scott Tanfield from Friends of Foam. Please check out Friends of Foam. Wonderful website. I go there every single day. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. My name is Russ Gomes. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around, to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. 
snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.